Hi, welcome to Not So Aloney, the show where I hang out with a friend and make stuff. This week, I hung out with my friend Matt, and we played Dungeons and Dragons. We like to call this one Testers and Jesters. If you don't want to listen to a podcast that is very long, there is an abridged version of this coming out next week. It's just the story parts, none of the actual role-playing or, like, chit-chat that we have. But if you want to stay and enjoy in the laughs we had playing this ridiculous game of D&D, then keep listening. Enjoy. Welcome to Testers and Jesters, the show where two friends play with each other and explore while role-playing in Dungeons and Dragons. So we're going to play some D&D. I wanted to test out a game that I wrote a while back, A Stormy Night at the Manor, that is for a book I'll probably never publish. And yeah, so we're going to do it. And uh, Matt, you made a character, right? Yep. So the character I will be playing in this uh, session of Testers and Jesters is, his name is Murden, and he is a gnome barbarian. I designed him so that he's actually kind of like Iron Man in a sense. He's a battle rager, so he has a set of spiked armor that he's modified and tinkered throughout his adventures, so that essentially he can transform himself into a cannonball that's like super spiky, so he likes to roll around and slap people, go out of his ball form, and then start hammering people down with his uh, tinkering hammers, basically. All right, cool. Badass Iron Man uh, gnome. So I am running a game called Stormy Night at the Manor, which is a little adventure I wrote that's randomized. So I'm going to roll some random dice and initiate a story. So he's level 10, right? He's level 15. 15, okay. Yeah, I forgot. You, You doubled down. I wanted to make sure the build was right, so I ended up making him multi-class in the fighter, specifically champion, so that he can crit easier, because barbarians love critting. I just wanted to be able to do a bit more DPS besides just slapping people with my armor. So, I want you to roll a couple dice for me. I'm going to have you roll the dice. Sure thing. Roll a d6. Okay. That's a six. Okay. This version of the story is called The Dark Voice. Uh, do you want to re-roll, or are you cool with that one? No, I'm actually okay with that. Okay, the dark voice. Um, roll a another d6. Okay. That's a one. Okay. That's an interesting one. Constructs. This is going to be a crazy one. Well, good thing it's constructs, because... Yeah, that's, like, perfect for you. Murden loves constructs. So, oh, yeah, and you're, you're, um, so you're level 15, right? Yes. So, okay, let me, let me pick a big boss... Ooh, yes. Oh my god, I love what's about to happen. But yeah, so my character is Murden the Cannonball. That's awesome. Murden the Cannonball. And he is from where exactly? He's from the City of Clouds. Essentially, Murden is from uh, a colony of gnomes that live with the Cloud Giants. Uh, The gnomes are exiled, and these gnomes have managed to make a deal with these Cloud Giants that allow them to live together in harmony above the clouds, soaring across the skies of Jewel Ray. So he's from there. He's not like most gnomes, as you can tell by his class. He was a bit of the runt of the litter. He was a bit more bulky than the other gnomes. I would assume that they made fun of him. He took a job that not many of the gnomes do. Most gnomes go into study of the arcane, the unnatural, 
Experiments. Crazy, wacky experiments, but not him. He wanted to focus more on defense and the military aspects of the city, even though they don't have a need for one. The constructs that they build guard the city, and they guard it well. However, Murden felt that he could actually improve on their designs, so he actually spent a good number of time actually fixing golems, fixing constructs, understanding their inner workings. And then he figured, you know, maybe... Maybe I could take from what I've learned and apply it to myself, building this, like, suit of battle armor, which is his spiked armor. That's why he can do kind of cool things. He can roll into a ball. He can run really fast. Essentially, he made himself an Iron Man suit. But not, not like, where he can, like, hover and fly. It's just more... He's more down-to-earth, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like the Mark One Iron Man suit. Exactly. So... That inspired him to go out and kind of view the ground, you know, see the world from a different perspective. He knew that people really wouldn't care if he was gone or not. He pretty much did his work. He left his schematics and everything for, you know, how to fix and take care of the golems at home. And he went, took a glider down to the surface of Jewel Rain as they've been exploring ever since. Okay. Well, on your grand adventure, I need you to roll a couple more dice for me to help generate this story. Sure thing. I need you to roll the villain's motivation. So roll a d6. It's another one. Ooh, this is going to be an interesting one. Okay, let me write these down just to make sure. So we got the dark voice and its constructs and birthright. Very interesting. Okay, I need you to roll a d4 for okay. your introduction. Three. Okay, hired job. Sounds right. All right, I need you to roll a d8. Four. All right, that's an interesting one. Oh, this one's going to be so fucking good. Okay, so let me think in my mind real quick. In my mind's eye. This is going to be the most simple one we could possibly roll. Like, we could have had a, a building full of NPCs all willing to talk to you. But now, no. We have a... Oh, man, this is going to be interesting. So... Let's start. Okay. All right. So, deep in the Azure Swamps, home of the Dragonborn, there is a small little fort called Fort Penn. Inside are a lot of normal folk living normal lives. It's a tourist town where people come to, you know, travel through into the swamp. And there's a little ritual there where they put their name fashioned out of stone and they put it in the center of the town. And there's a bunch of stones all around the center of the town like a memorial to uh what's happened in the past yes it started as that but then eventually just the nearby stonemason wanted to make some money so he got paid to put names on okay so it, it went from a tradition to be kind of more of a gimmick tourist trap kind of thing okay yeah it started as like a traditional like we're gonna put these stones to remember the fallen and then it became hey ma can i write my name on the ground okay you entered into this small fort a few days ago on your travels across the world. And you heard about a group of bandits in a nearby cave. And you headed down there to investigate. I love this idea of just this, this like three foot tall gnome in like full plate armor essentially. And it's just covered in spikes. So he's just like, <laughs> he just looks really intimidating, but it's like his stature. Yeah. Just totally it's like you expect this dude to be like six feet tall and it's like no he's actually like three foot five roll a d6 four you've heard of a bandit one of the leaders of these bandits it is a 
female kobold. She's chaotic, and her name is the Rib Eater. Ooh. She travels through the cities, a petty thief, stealing and taking what she wants. So as you walk up to the bandit camp, you are looking for this female kobold. Okay. What do you do? Uh, I would assume that I was hired by Ford Penn to track down these bandits, correct? Yes. Okay. I guess the first thing I'm going to do is make a perception check just to see, are the bandits even in the cave? Wow, that's a natural 19. That's a 24. With a 24, you can tell that the bandits seem to have left the area. Okay. The cave seems to be closed off, and it seems like there's a lot of trash around, like someone just left in a hurry. I will roll investigation, then. 17. All right, with a 17, you can see a set of footprints that seems to go back into the cave, but the carts seem to be leaving. All right. So someone must have stayed behind. Okay. Uh, I will cautiously walk into the cave. As you walk into the cave, you can see that there are tons of traps here and glowing mushrooms and a pit full of spikes. You see footprints. I want you to roll a survival check. Sure. <laughs> Two. All right. I want you to roll an investigation check. Ah, okay. Five. All right. I want you to roll a perception check. 19. Okay. Thank God. I was just going on a limb. You looked on the ground for footprints and you seem to have lost. You started touching the ground, looking desperately for footprints. And then you heard someone behind you. Okay. Uh, what's your AC? My AC is 17. All right. With a 17, you see a small kobold in the shadows it seems to just be standing there she looks rather cutesy what do you do can i roll insight to see if this is the kobold that i'm looking for rib eater yep oh wow i have plus five insight okay that's a 19 okay with a 19 you can tell she seems to match the description but rib eater is a vicious you know killer and thief she doesn't seem so vicious are you the one known as rib eater you can see that she's holding a dagger. She stabs it. Okay. And she gets a nat 20. Ouch. <laughs> she rolled one plus four times two. So she pulled 10 damage on a nat 20. That's not bad. She uh, strikes into you and barely hurts you with your massive health pool. Yeah, I have 160 HP. Yeah, so she just kind of nips at your back. I'd say she makes like a perfect cut like in between the nicks of my armor or a perfect stab. I'm going to go into my rage, which is the flavor it. I essentially activate my armor's defense mode. Defense mode activated. <laughs> Spikes pop out of your armor like a puffer fish. Oh, I love that idea. How close am I to her? Oh, she's right next to you. She tried to stab you. I'm just going to swing at her with my war pick. I'm going to make two attacks on my war pick. And as a bonus action, I'm going to make a attack with my light hammer. Oh, no. <laughs> What'd you get? I got a nat one. Oh, my God. Do you want to roll on your special fumble chart you already using? Yeah, I will roll on the fumble chart. Oh, man. Wow, that quick, huh? Okay. Dude, I love this already. It's like, hey, you gotta go find this kobold chick. You walk in, everybody's gone. She she stabs you in the back, and then you just fucking whiff it. Okay, so Murden is now having a panic attack, and I have to make a successful uh, wisdom save. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess Murden was just so shocked that he, uh, she got a lucky hit that he's just like, what the fuck? I like the idea of this, like, badass warrior 
He's like in like spiky armor covered in like adamantine metal. He's walking through the forest. He comes across a cave, walks in Mandalorian style, just doing his job with his face mask on. Suddenly he gets stabbed in the back and he goes, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, I'm going to (laughs) die. Okay. Well, I succeeded on the save. I had to beat a 10 wisdom save and I got a 17. So I'm going to make my second attack. All right, that's actually a hit. So that is a 24 for my second hit. All right, roll your damage on her. Wow. I rolled like the minimum amount of damage I could roll, which is eight. Wow, at level 15? Yeah, but that's with one hit, yeah. But I still get my bonus action and a bonus hit, so. Oh, okay. Is she still alive? Barely, but yes. Okay, then I will make one more strike with my light hammer. Natural 18. So that is a 27. Yep. Yeah, that hits. Okay. And that's... God, I rolled minimum damage again. <laughs> uh, I rolled 8 damage. Okay, so that's 16 total. So is this non-lethal or is this lethal damage? It would be lethal damage, especially since Murden just had a panic attack. Okay. You strike into her and she is almost dead. She is terrified. And as she is basically about to die, she looks at you. And she says, uh, please, no, I have, I have, I have, I have a, a treasure, a great, a great treasure. I'll roll insight. That's a 13. She is telling the truth unequivocally. Okay. You scared me. I, I don't know how you could just get such a perfect hit through my armor. I got lucky, man. I got lucky. I got, I got slippery fingers, you know, I just slide in there and pull shit out. And I guess I can stab stuff in there too. We've already confirmed that she's Rib Eater, right? You haven't confirmed it, but she matches the description. Okay. Then I ask, are you the one known as Rib Eater? My name is Creel Rib Eater. Family name. I don't like to eat ribs every day. You know, it's only like a once a once a once every three hours thing. Yeah, please don't kill me. Please. Was I sent to capture her or kill her? Uh, according to the bounty, it's dead or alive. So in your fear, you were like, well, I'm just going to fucking kill her. But then now you realize she's weak as shit. You're a wanted kobold. And you're coming with me alive. Okay. And she holds out her hands to be cuffed and she says, please just don't kill me. I, I, I don't want to be here at all. I don't want to be anywhere near here. Why? What's inside the cave? Oh, there's nothing in the cave. They took everything when they left. This this is the bandit hideout. This is this is our, our hangout. Can I roll inside again? Yep. 23. Yeah, she's telling the truth. This is her hideout. Okay. Yeah, this is our hideout. This is where we keep the stuff we steal, but everybody just booked out of here. Why? Why would they leave? Well, people in these parts have been having a lot of nightmares. Really? Yeah, constant nightmares. And I guess they just had enough of it because those nightmares are terrifying. But I mean, I'm not afraid of anything except for, I guess, death. If it's a magical anomaly like that, would it be an arcana check? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm going to roll arcana then. You're a gnome, you know magic. 20 not natural. Okay, with a 20 not natural, you immediately open your senses. You listen to the force. And you listen to the magic around you. And you can immediately hear a voice in your mind. A dark voice, the likes of which you have never heard. And it whispers, You will all die and bow before me. That's what it says. (laughs) All right. She says, Did you hear the voice? Yes. Wow, it only speaks to people in their dreams. I didn't know it was just talking to people. Do you know where the voice is coming from? Yeah, there's a great treasure there, but it's 
so dangerous. I thought you wanted to take me back to the town. I do, but this appears to be dire towards the town of Fort Penn. She looks at you and she smiles and she kind of chuckles. <laughs> well, I, I, I am at a, a great opportunity here. I would like to make a deal with you. And she smiles really big. Uh, I say, I usually don't make deals with my bounty targets, but I'll hear you out just this once because of the situation. I'll show you to the haunted mansion, to the lost mansion of Fort Penn, and in exchange, you will let me go as soon as we're there. You'll take the irons off, you'll go inside, and I'll leave you be, and we'll never see each other again. I won't steal anything else here, and I will leave, and everywhere I go, I will tell them of the gnome that beat me. And your name is? Or, I could just turn you in and find the mansion myself. That's true, but I'm the only one who knows how to get inside. Really? Inside check. 14. Uh, it seems like she's telling the truth. Very well. I sigh deeply. Let's go to the mansion. She smiles, and she says, Alrighty then, let's head out. She starts walking. No funny business. Of course, no funny business. I'm not very funny. <laughs> As you are walking with her, she says, There's an old graveyard behind the mansion. Do you want to go through it, or do you want to go around to the front of the mansion? Let's go around to the front. Okay. Yeah, good idea. Graveyards are creepy as fuck. As the two of you travel through the woods, she says, uh, so you're, you're a gnome, huh? Sorry, but I'm not trying to talk to you. Okay, man, just trying to make conversation, you know? You know, you never get to meet gnomes a lot, you know, ever since the fucking genocide. You know, you don't really hear about gnomes all that often. Ah, uh, yes, the great experiment that went wrong. Yeah, well, you know, things go wrong and things happen, but you seem to be doing all right. You seem to be well-equipped for a gnome. Gnomes don't usually fight. Murda's just like, because mm, it's just reminding him of like, yes, he's not a typical gnome. You hear thunder in the distance. And lightning in the distance. And you come across the mansion. Scooby-dooby-doo. Where are you? You. <laughs> Gonna get fucked up now. Uh, you see a spooky mansion, and you see a lake that is slightly foggy and creepy. And you are in the center of a dense, dense swamp. As you get closer to the mansion, everything seems to get darker and more bluish. I will roll Arcana to see if this is a magical darkness slash presence that's affecting the environment. Goddamn. That's a five. With a five, you think, wow, that's some bad weather. Yeah. She looks at you and she says, this place has always had bad weather, but it seems like it's been getting worse the last few weeks. You are standing outside and the storm gets even worse. You start to feel as if you can't move as hard. There seems to be a very strong wind resistance. What do you do? So, it's a wind that's pushing me back, right? I'm gonna go into my ball mode and I'm just gonna roll forward. Okay, um, that's a strength check. Okay, with a 17, that doesn't beat it. This wind is so powerful that you would need a 24 to resist this wind resistance. Oh wow, so it's actually pushing my armor. Yeah, it's pushing me back. It doesn't push you fully back, it just slows you so much in your movement that you have to spend half of your movement just moving. Wow. It's as if you are getting hit with a gust of full force wind. Tornado level wind. As if there is a hurricane above this. As this happens, 
you feel the wind shear hit your eyes. Make a con save. Nice. Wow, it's a 22. Wow, you managed to get higher than a 20, which is insane. And your eyes at first start to feel weak as if you couldn't see as well, but you beat it. What do you do? You're now in front of the mansion. The wind and power from this place is so strong that you are almost being pushed back. And you can see her, and she's grabbing onto you for dear life. Can I grapple her so that she doesn't, like, try to run away or, like, trick me into, like, all this? Yep. Okay. So when she pulls on, I kind of grab her wrist, and I, <laughs> I forcefully walk in the direction of the mansion. Okay. And I kind of drag her with me. She's kind of going with it because she thinks if she let go, she's going to fucking fly back hundreds of feet and maybe die from the wind. Okay. I need you to make wisdom check as, as the wind gets louder surrounding your ears. Natural 18. Okay. It is so loud you can't hear. Oh shit, am I deaf? You are currently deafened while outside. You know that the only way to stop the pain in your head is to get inside. Okay. I forcefully push my way into the mansion. Roll athletics to see if you can move full speed or not. 18. Within 18, you can't move full speed, but you manage to make it inside. As you reach the doors and hold on to that door handle, you feel the air thrust back at you. Make a deck save. Fuck. Okay, that's an 8. Okay, as you hold on to the door, you feel as if you let go of this door, you would fly back 25 feet from the sheer force of this wind. What do you do? So you're now holding onto a doorknob and your feet are flying back. I take the pick part of my war pick because, you know, it's like half uh, maul and like half like spiky part. I essentially drive the spiky part into the floorboard of the mansion. Okay. You punch open the door, put a, your pick into the ground, and you are now hanging off of it. I need you to do a strength save to pull yourself and her up in there. It is now as if you are hanging off of a wall, even though you're on the ground. I rolled a nat 19, so that's 27. Oh yeah. You manage to pull yourself and her in. You, you chuck her in, and then you go up and you grab her again. As you shut the door, you see a wave the size you've never seen before coming from the lake, as if it is almost tsunami-sized. A crushing wave of pain and death. And you see it killing everything outside that is And as you shut the door, you know that that wave would have destroyed you. You are now inside the mansion. As you walk inside, you see that there are some holes in the ceiling that allow light in. And it seems like this place has been abandoned for a very long time. But everything in it seems oddly clean, as if it has not aged. The only reason it looks abandoned is that the door that you came in through look completely abandoned. And the walls seem a bit old in construction. But when you look at the building, it's as if it was left alone yesterday. So some of the rooms are untouched, and, and but the roofing and everything is like... Yeah, it, the building is ancient, as if it's hundreds and hundreds of years old. And it looks, the spider webs and whatnot that you saw on the door coming in here and all the vines and everything look as if this place hasn't been touched in hundreds of years. But as you enter, it seems as if everything was just cleaned two seconds ago. Neil looks at you and she says, What the fuck was that? What what was that? 
you should know. You're the one that got us into this. You're the one that made me want to go here. I didn't know anything about this place. All I knew is that this place is fucking terrifying, and then everybody left. Oh my god. And that there's a voice with nightmares. Yeah, supposedly there's still a treasure, but... I can't leave now. I was just going to slip away. I don't know how to get in this place. I don't know anything about the inside of this place. I just wanted you to bring me here. And you did. And I was just going to leave. And then suddenly a fucking hurricane hits. Unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have to work together. Yeah, I guess. I guess we are going to have to work together. In this incredibly terrifying and spooky mansion that seems completely clean and untouched, even though it's been here for a thousand years. This place is eerie. I'm going to roll investigation. Yeah, roll your investigation. <sighs> it's a nine. With a nine, you can tell that there is nothing to investigate here. This place is clean as can be. You seem to be in a large foyer, and there is a stairwell in front of you and two doors, one to your left and one to your right. It seems completely clean, and the door behind you could be opened by you if you try. Uh, you haven't tried to open it. You don't know if you can, but it seems like it could be opened. I will investigate the left door then. 18. Okay, with an 18, as you walk up to the door, it seems like a perfectly ordinary door. And there seems to be a sign that says stables. Do you enter? Hmm. Stables. Uh. No. Are you sure? Positive. Uh, I'll go to the right door and investigate. Shit. I rolled a nat one. Okay. With a nat one, you walk up to the door, and uh, it just seems like a closet is here. You don't seem... That doesn't seem to be anything beyond it, as far as you can tell with your one. Okay. Seems to be a coat room. I'll walk into the coat room. As you walk in, you notice that before, you thought there was no other door because you rolled a one. Mm -hmm. But there appears to be a door, and it leads into a room where it says ballroom. Ooh. Yes. As you enter the ballroom, it is completely empty. Nothing is in it at all, which is odd, because normally buildings like this would have at least chairs or something. But it's eerily quiet, and you feel as if you were being watched. Perception check. Yeah, that's a 19. You notice that there is a horrible aura here, and you listen, and you begin to hear the voice again whisper into your mind. Welcome to my home. I hope you enjoy your stay. That's what you hear. Cool. You are in a ballroom. There are two doors to your right and two doors to your left. Can I roll investigation to see if there's been any footprints or anything that's led through certain doors? Yep. Go ahead. Twelve. It appears that there are no footprints anywhere. Like I said, spotless. Weirdly spotless. It almost looks like someone cleaned. Has it been supernaturally cleaned? Uh, roll Arcana. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's a seven. Uh, as you think, oh, it might be magical. No, Neil looks at you and she says, um, yeah, I think they just cleaned, man. I think this is a really clean place. Maybe maybe this place is just seems creepy. And actually, the Dark Voice is just a really nice wizard who just doesn't want people on his property. And he's happy that he has guests for once. Huh? I'm sure we'll be fine. And we're not going to die horribly. No, we're, uh, God, I don't want to die. Get a grip on yourself. With these supernatural anomalies that are going on right now, it's definitely not a, a wizard that wants to keep people away. It's something dark and evil, and we need to get to the bottom of this. Well, we're on the ground floor, so I don't know how much more bottom you could go. 
I would like to roll an investigation to see if the ballroom has any creaky floorboards that lead below. That's a 16. Well, with a 16, you can tell that these floors are pristine. There's not a single creak, not a single hole. It seems as if they were just laid yesterday. Very well varnished. Almost fresh in the varnish. Uh, there appears to be stone in the room nearby you, since you were looking at the floor. And the other floor seems to be covered in tile, the one to the uh, left. Okay. Um, it seems like this is the ground floor. There could be a basement, but this place would just have to be really well made. So you can't really tell. Just like any house, you can't tell if there's a basement. Um, you know. Can I make an investigation on how strong the floor is? Yeah, sure. So that is a 20, not natural. Okay. Where do you check on the floor? The middle of the ballroom. Okay, in the middle of the ballroom, you hop on the floor and crush into it, and it seems completely solid, almost like this is the foundation you're on. Okay, there's no way of me knowing that there's possibly another room beneath. Yeah, there's no way you could know. You could check another spot, but no one would do that after just checking the center of the room. Okay. Like, there's no room down there, as far as you can tell, at least under this floor. I guess we'll have to continue our search then. Creel, open one of the right doors. Okay. I'm gonna, are you doing this because there might be a trap that horribly murders me? Maybe. You know, you get less money if I'm dead. She uh, she opens the <laughs> door as you laugh, and she says, uh, Holy shit, this place is beautiful. And you see a glowing light come from the room. Arcana check. Yeah, that's a 18. Um, it seems very magical. And not dark magic, but just like ordinary magical. Like pleasant. Yeah, pleasantly magical. Okay. Magically delicious, you could say. Mm, I don't like perception check then. Yeah, sure. You'd have to. You, you're looking in through it, or are you going in to look? I'm just looking from back there at safety. Fourteen. Okay, you can tell that this seems to be somehow sort of greenhouse. Oh. Okay. For all kinds of magical plants. Oh joy. What do you do? Time for some little shop of horrors. Yeah, maybe. All right, uh, I will cautiously walk in. I will, like, kind of, like, gently, like, brush Creel past me, and then I'll, yeah, I'll walk in. So you, do you mean you push her in front of you as you walk, or do you mean you go past her? Like, I push her to the side. Oh, okay. You push her to the side, you go in. So you can see pumpkins and crystalline fruit, fruit made of crystal. You can see some shovels, some buckets, some dirt... A bunch of chests filled with tools and various ingredients. Is this a branch tree? Yeah, maybe. I didn't even think about that. It could be a branch tree. Yeah, fuck it. You see a tree that seems to have a grape-like fruit that's a cross between a pineapple and an orange, known as a pran, covered in spikes. If we ever talk about pranches, this is what we're talking about. It's an inside joke. I'm going to roll a nature check to see if Murden would know of that specific kind of elvish... Uh, plant nope <laughs> that's an eight murder just sees the branch tree and is just like wow that's a beautiful tree but the and those juicy looking fruit uh, it probably tastes amazing make a con save that is an 18 you almost feel compelled to eat one but then you look away hmm nah, never mind i want you to make a perception check shit it's an eight with an eight you see a broom and a shovel in the distance. As you go towards the shovel, 
seems just like an ordinary shovel. But you feel something hit you against your back. Okay. And you turn and see an animated shovel and an animated knife and an animated broom and an animated bucket and an animated chest. The entire room, this entire row of chests, seems to be filled with dozens of animated creatures in a large swarm. Literally, it's just a bunch of animated gardening tools. Gardening tools start coming to life, and they all point at you, ready to strike. A broom hits you upside the leg. What do you do? It tried to sweep me? Yeah, it tried to sweep you. What do you do? Battle mode, engaged. I'm gonna go into my rage and activate my armor. I've got two of them left. You see a broom try to sweep you off the ground. <laughs> Just dust my leg. You're its little dust bunny. Yeah, really. As you look, you notice that they seem to have almost been sleeping. And as you entered the room, you realize the broom hit you, and all the other chests opened up. And the cutleries, the various tools are alive and sitting in the chests, and they seem to be waking up as if it is morning. Interesting. Okay. And the broom tried to sweep you. What do you do? It's time to roll out. I am going to go into ball mode. You curl up into a ball. A big spiky ball. I'm going to run past all of them. Uh, It's 10 damage on a failed save, and it is 5 damage on half. Okay. As you turn into a ball and fly through all six of these gardening tools that seem to be alive, waking up in their little cubbies, three of them dodge you, and the other three seem to be hit and blindsided by you. They are all made of metal, but some of them is made of wood. So you basically bowling ball through them and kind of scuff up the sides of them slightly and um, roll around the room. They all seem very confused, and they're shaking around. They're very, very confused. Almost as if they didn't even know you were there. What do you do? So they're startled. They are. They were slightly startled, but they haven't seemed to have reacted other than that. The ball, like, rolls, hits the floor, it, like, kind of jumps, and then it starts revving up again, and then it's gonna do another line all the way back. Oh my god. Yep. You're a wrecking ball. Exactly. It's just annihilating these innocent tools. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They're just innocent tools. They don't even know you're there. And you're just annihilating them. Okay. Um, roll your damage. So it's eight damage on a failed save and four damage on a successful save. So as you scuff through all these little innocent tools, you, your spikes start to pierce directly into their handles. And blood seems to shoot out of the handle as your spike comes out, as if they have organs in their handles. And you begin to see a trail of blood. Five innocent gardening tools bleed to death as you roll by. One still lives. Damn. And it is horrified by what it sees. This innocent little trowel just woke up from its little bed and saw all five <laughs> of its brothers and sisters gutted brutally by a giant ball made of spikes. <laughs> what do you do, you monster? Crawl out of ball mode. You now come out of a ball and you see a single prowl just sitting there, terrified of you. And in the distance, a broom that is just sweeping. That it, it didn't even notice what just happened. It's looking the other way. 
as I'm just gonna walk up to the trowel, because I can see it quivering, and I'm like, boom! Roll intimidation on the trowel. Oh my god, I rolled a six. I didn't scare it. Oh my god, there's a brave trowel. He rolled an eight, so he is not scared of you. So the trowel is furious that you murdered his family. And he looks to you, and you hear psychically in your mind. One day, I will return, and I will kill you in your sleep to avenge my brothers and sisters. I want to smack it across the fucking, <laughs> across the garden with my war pick. Do it. Oh, yeah, that's a nat 16. Uh, roll your damage. Okay. So that's 11 damage. Okay, here's what happened. Cut to samurai movie. The blade, the trowel, a tiny shovel that folds up, used to dig ditches, puts on its headband like a ninja, ready to battle. A samurai in spiked armor, holding a pick, slices. A slash goes across the screen, and the blade and the samurai separate. The trowel turns and looks at the man. The man turns and looks at the trowel. The trowel looks at you and it says, Why? And you see as a slice goes through the center of its, like diagonal through its blade. And you see as it separates, like in a, <laughs> in a movie, it separates and falls apart. And it says, Why? And you see the part fall to the ground, blood shoots <laughs> out, and it falls unconscious. Yes. You have now horribly crippled this innocent trowel. But this thing's like at, angry at me and it's just like, I will have my revenge. I just smack it across the room. And it sliced down the middle and it now is missing like the top corner of its blade. And it is unconscious on the ground, bleeding out. Uh, okay, so what I'm going to do is... <laughs> I'm gonna say Murden's a bit quirky too, and the fact that it's like a living trowel, he's just like, oh, little thing. He puts him in his backpack. He's like, don't worry, I'll fix you right up. Oh my god. Kind of like rubs it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a living trowel in my backpack now. And he hates you. Like, good. He should. He's like a fucking Pokemon. You just killed his family, and you're like, you are mine now, trowel. You shall join me. And you put him in a bag. Yes. Imagine how terrifying little trowel's day is. He's just a little shovel, and his job is trowly. just clean. Yeah, Trowley. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Imagine Trowley's day. Imagine you're just an innocent shovel. You just got home from shovel school, and you gotta go to bed. All five of your brothers and sisters are tucked in by your Uncle Broom. Everything's great. You're ready for a great day tomorrow. You wake up, and all of your family is bleeding and dead, and a giant spike ball swings at you. You dodge it like the samurai you were obsessed with. And he scars you for life and throws you in his bag. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. You just fucking kidnapped a innocent shovel. I love it. It's like other possessions, trowley, sentient, pissed off gardening trowel. This is way too much. Do you mind if I use the bathroom real quick? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm really happy right now. I'm having fun. All right, guys, while Matt is gone, I'm going to do some secret shit, and he might walk in on it. So here's what's going to happen. Trowley wakes up in the bag and vows revenge as he watches over this murderous bastard. And he looks into the hallway, and he sees Neil, who is sneaking away in the dark. She then heads towards the lobby and continues to look around for something to escape with. She tries to open the door. Fuck. God damn it, it won't open. What do I do? 
I can hear him. Shit. Meanwhile. Okay, I am back. You return to the room, and um, all the blades are gone. You put the other one in your pocket. It is now uh, pocketed. Let me name it Trowley. Yes. And you see a broom in the room, and it is just moving back and forth. It's just sweeping it up, and it goes over to the blades, and it just starts sweeping up their blood. Why do these gardening tools bleed? I don't know, man. I'm gonna roll investigation. Yeah, that's a 15. The broom seems to just sweep its way out. What do you do? Where the hell did Creel go? Good question. I wonder what happened when you went to the bathroom. Perception. 15. She's not here. She left. So in the room by you is the two doors you came in from, and there is a door that leads outside as well. Uh, well, it's either Creel's dead, or Creel's gonna help me find a way out, or we'll just meet back up soon. So with the situation I'm in right now... I think it would just be better if I just continued on. So is it okay if I just take the door to the right? Yeah. As you go to take the door to the right, you see that the wall is made of glass. And you can see outside the horrible storm that is blowing out there. And as you go to the door, you realize it leads outside to a small stone path that leads around the house towards the graveyard. Okay. And as you go to open the door, you see lightning strike the ground outside. You can go out there, but... You you know the storm from before, the wind, and you know that there is now lightning as well. And giant waves, apparently. So, what do you do? So, if it leads outside, then I'm staying my ass indoors. Okay. So, I will take the bottom left door. Alright, as you go through the bottom left, you return back to the ballroom. So, this area appears to have been a ballroom and a greenhouse that leads outside. Um, she is gone, and there are three doors to your left. One that leads down to the lobby where you were before, and two that lead to other areas. The two signs that are on the wall say dining room and kitchen. Can I pull a trolley out of my backpack and say, So, trolley, uh, you got any siblings living in the kitchen? As you say this, you are you holding it tight? Yes. It shakes with violent rage, and it's trying to break free. You son of a bitch! killed everybody and you made me my family will destroy you we are everywhere we are in this entire realm of the house we are living on the first floor you will not survive to the second that is what he says oh just like (laughs) he's just screaming he's just like basically screaming i just love it's like a miniature voice but it's like Myrna's just like, that's great, Trolley, but that's not the question, that's not the answer to the question I was looking for, so I just have to check back later. Okay, love you. Just put it back in my backpack. <laughs> As you shove him in the bag, he goes, You will die a horrible girl! <laughs> Alright, so where do you go? Uh, I'm gonna go to the dining room. Alright, he said they were everywhere, so dining room or kitchen, you pick dining room. Alright. Yeah, because I know damn well that I don't want to be attacked by pots and pans and knives. Yeah, great idea. So. So as you go in the dining room, you realize that no food has been placed here in a long time. So there isn't any cutlery that's going to attack you. You see two large oak tables made from nearby trees and a lot of chairs. You then see a door that says kitchen and you can see in the kitchen a bunch of plates and cutlery that will obviously murder you if they wake up. And in the distance, you see a carpeted hallway. My day to be in spiky armor and have disadvantage on stealth checks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there also appears to be, on the sign that says kitchen, it also says uh, kitchen stairwell. 
Oh, and as you are, since you're in the room, you can see that down the hall on this carpeted floor that you can see outside of the room you're in. Yeah. Uh, there is a stairwell that leads down. I'm gonna roll a stealth check, even though I know it's gonna be shit, and I'm gonna try to carefully walk through the dining room and down the stairs. Okay. Fucking hell. Okay, so I rolled a nine on stealth. Okay, with a nine, you start to walk by the cutlery and you can hear it slowly waking up. And in your bag, <laughs> this is what it is, you're sneaking, right? You're like stomping around, clomp, clomp, clomp. And you, your bag starts to go, brother and sisters. Yeah, really. And it's like muffled. And you begin to increase in pace because you can hear the cutlery starting to wake. Yep. But you manage to walk past. If you stay there, they're going to come out. So what do you do? Can I just slightly open my backpack real quick and say, hey, shut up, you fucking flesh tool. As you open the door, you hear, help! And they, the cutlery <laughs> starts to shake in the other room. You see as the chairs start to open with horrifying mouths. Oh, I knew it! What do you do? I fucking sprint down the stairs as fast as my little gnome legs can carry me. As you go down the stairs, you realize the stairs also go up. Okay, I'm going down. Okay, you go down. As you go downstairs, you are now in a stairwell. There are now four doors around you. One that seems to lead into an empty hallway. One that seems to lead into a wine cellar. And one that leads into an open, empty training room. What do you do? I want to check out the wine cellar. You come into the wine cellar. In front of you are six pillars on either side of you, three by three pillars. And there is wine on the shelves. There are also giant barrels of ale all around you. Each of them with a tap. What do you do? Hey, Charlie, I got something that'll make it up to you. I'm going to try and get Charlie drunk. Oh my god. Okay, how is this going to work? How do you get How do you get a gardening tool made out of flesh? <laughs> well... I guess you could get, if you get alcohol in your blood, what happens? You get drunk. Okay, yeah, so you're going to have to inject it into his body. He has bloody wounds, so you're going to, what are you going to, you're going to take a bottle of wine, <laughs> open it, and shove it in his wound? Have you, but no. <laughs> That's the only way he could drink. How else yeah. are you going to do it? <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm going to roll medicine. Okay. God damn it, I rolled a 10. You realize in this moment that you do not know much about medicine, but you don't know anything about shovels that are alive. Yeah. As far as you can tell, if the wine gets in his blood, he'll get drunk. But that's going to sting like a bitch if you just pour it in there. <laughs> You're going to waterboard him with wine. This has become an abuse podcast. I do not care. Yeah. No trowels were harmed in the making of this podcast. No, no, no. It's Merton's not stupid. Just Merton's just highly curious, and also Merton's just like I want this thing to be my friend. Yeah. So, I know. I, so I'm gonna do. He also has eight charisma, so I guess I am playing him correctly. Yeah. So Merton's just like, drink up. Okay, all right. You pour alcohol. Which wine do you pick? What year would you like? How many years behind? Since we don't have the exact dates, just say how many thousands. How many years back you? Say at least 50. Okay, 50 years ago, this bottle of wine was created with grapes in this very room. It is 50 years old, which is surprising. Shouldn't it be thousands of years old? Maybe, maybe not. So, you take the wine and you pour it into the blade. Trowley. How much do you pour? Because you can give him fucking alcohol poisoning if you do too much. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to give him just like a cup. So I'm just going to turn it on for a few seconds, and then I'm going to turn it off. Okay. 
a cup of wine. Wine has a very high alcohol content, and he's a, the size of a shovel. So you basically just gave your dog a, a, a cup of wine. So he's fucked. <laughs> it's only 13%. It's only 13% alcohol, but yeah, it's like interesting. Yeah, but 13% um, is a lot. It's, it's more than yeah. beer or something. Like it's. Yeah, fucking... I don't want to fuck up his blood alcohol level. Well, you did. You fucked it up directly. So he's drunk as fuck. I just rolled. He's he's so fucked that he's never been drunk before because he's a fucking he's a shovel. I guess I would roll uh, investigation for the rest of the room then. Okay. I rolled a five on investigation. Okay. How do you investigate the room with a five? <laughs> I guess I'd be knocking fucking wine bottles off the goddamn cellar. Are you drinking then? I guess so. I'd be drinking too. Yeah, I so guess I can't. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I guess I can't have you drink alone, little buddy. <laughs> oh my god! You just roll a Constitution save. Okay. Natural nineteen, twenty-six. All right. Yeah, you can handle your booze. You're like, oh, this simple human booze, as far as I can tell. This, yeah, exactly. This, this, this ground people's booze. I'm from the it's sky. Not, it's sky grapes. Yeah, I, I drink sky grape wine. It's like, yeah, I've had better. Vomit shoots out of the front end of the trowel. It didn't know it could do that. <laughs> yes. All right. What do you do? <laughs> I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. Hey, hey, hey. Not in the backpack. I'm just gonna keep investigating. All right. Fucking hell. They're all the four. All right. You can tell that there's booze here, and you're looking at the booze again. <laughs> yeah. Roll another con save. You drink another bottle. 23. Man, you really are fucking gnome Iron Man. You love being an alcoholic. <laughs> so, while this is all going on, you're getting shit-faced. You hear screaming from upstairs and footsteps. And then you see your old pal, Neil, running down the stairs. She runs out and she looks at you. Uh, and she says, holy fuck, man. This place is fucking haunted. Jinkies, man. She said, there's fucking suits of armor up there and shit, man. Running around on the second floor. Annihilating everybody and everything. Just fucking is horrifying, man. There's talking shovels. There's living rugs that smother your soul. Thank God you bypassed all of that coming straight to this basement. Uh, I just hand her a bottle of wine. Here, this will calm you down. She says, uh, this is fucking elven wine. This is some high quality shit. Really? Because I've had better. Yeah, well, it's moon elf wine, man. This could go for... This is thousands of years old, but it, it looks like it was made just 50 years ago or so. Like, that's insane, because moon elves are fucking really rare now. And I don't think that there's booze like this anymore. Apparently, the suits of armor didn't come down here. I guess nobody leaves their floor. Except for Trowley. Who's Trowley? Uh, oh, is Trowley still near me, hovering near me? Uh, yeah. Me, Trowley. Trowley just hits the floor. Yeah, because he can't fly right now. Exactly. You just drop, you're like, meat trolley. You just drop a knife on the counter. Yes. That's a that's a broken shovel. Are you that drunk that you think the shovel is alive? No, he is. Look. He pretends to be dead. He pretends to not be alive to fuck with you. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to prod him. So I'm going to make a strength check. Yep, that's a nat 15. You pick up the shovel. I shake him until he throws up. Wake up! Don't embarrass me in front of my... Yeah, well, bounty. <laughs> in front of my friend, you almost said. <laughs> yeah, I know. You said it out loud. You said it in front of my friend. She goes, oh, I'm your friend now. I thought I was your fucking prisoner. I'm like, <clears throat> bounty, bounty, bounty. Sure. Sure, buddy. She's like, fucking gnomes, man. He throws up because... Actually, wait, let me see. Oh, my God, he got a nat 20. 
he puts himself into a coma using ninja meditation and he will never wake up until he wants to he has studied for years the ways of the monk he is in a death-like state his heartbeat barely beating basically feigned death yeah he feigned death in your hands you think he's dead you think you killed him with alcohol poisoning is this a dirt floor yeah i'm gonna bury him oh my god he's still alive exactly <laughs> i would just be like yeah trolley well, i guess you're dead then i would use Charlie and dig his own grave and i'm gonna bury him this is the stupidest thing i have ever played and i love it same <laughs> i'm just like Charlie. i guess you're dead then just start using his body to just dig his own grave <laughs> this is great you dig the grave and you bury him. How do you memorialize your friend that you abused and then you feed it alcohol? Like, you fucked this guy up. How do you bury him? You gotta understand that gnomes are just very quirky, weird individuals. No, I know. They just don't understand how life works. Yeah. You're like a fucking lunatic. I think you're a lunatic even for a gnome. Like, gnomes are like, that guy's fucked. That guy's not set a good example for gnomes. I told you, he was a runt of the litter. Alright, do your thing. So... I bury him, and then uh, I'm going to say I pull out one of my clockwork music boxes, and it's... Yeah, exactly. And Krill's just watching me have a funeral, like a small little tiny funeral for... A shovel. shovel that I don't even think is alive, but he's actually alive. As you are crying in the corner looking at a dead shovel that is now re-dead... She looks to you, she looks to the door, and she looks and she breathes and she says, I'm gonna die. I'm going to die here. I'm gonna die. I should have just left with everyone else. Why did I stay? I forgot, my alarm didn't go off, man. I didn't wake up on time and they left me. Why did the other bandits leave me? Is there something wrong with me? Why do I deserve this fate? All I did is steal things. I'll be like, it's a sad day for us all. I just start drinking because, because Charlie's just dead. You're such an idiot. Give me your fucking booze. Oh my God. She sits with you. She sits with you and get drunk. This has taken so long that you now have gained the effects of a short rest. Beautiful. Now you are both sitting on the floor. What do you do? Well, I'll be like, so do you want to like explore some more or she's like i'm not exploring with a gnome it's gross man i don't think our parts line up well you're still coming with me anyway either or like i'm not going with you man okay god what are you talking about i'm talking about exploring the goddamn mansion she says uh so have you looked around here at all uh the kitchen was full of angry silverware yeah, upstairs was filled with all kinds of horrible things up there, man. I do not want to go back up there. That place is terrifying. Well, there's no way to go about up unless you want to explore the rest of this basement. Yeah, that's what I was asking. And she looks and she says, well, there seems to be a hallway right here, right next to you that you didn't even look at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that goes to where the cemetery is, so I wonder what the hell's going on with that. And uh, there appears to be... This, this barrel looks weird. She says, uh, it's the only one in here without a, without a spout. She kicks it. She says, I know how to find a hidey hole when I need one. And she kicks it, and you see uh, it opens, and it's a door. And there appears to be a path behind the door. Well, if there's anything here, it's probably in this secret room. This is where I would keep my fucking treasure. But if we don't go in there, this storm isn't letting up. Whatever's causing that storm is in here. 
And I feel like I'm going to die no matter what, so I might as well die fighting. Alright. Fair enough. So come with me. Let's go into this horrifying cave. And you see there's blood marks all over the floor and handprints. Before we leave, can I just say goodbye to Trowley real quick? Yeah, say goodbye to your shovel. Okay. I walk over to the grave. I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> Sweet prince. I knew you was so well. And then, uh, hats off. On my heart. He was a excellent shovel. He he fought hard, as a shovel does. I say, shut up, Snaggletooth. You didn't even know him. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs uncontrollably. Let's fucking leave, man. Come on. All right, let's go. As the two of you walk, the camera pans below the ground where bones and dead bodies hide underneath the stone. And you see Trowley the shovel as his wounds open and you hear his inner monologue. One day, you bastard, I will slay you. I will leave my home and my realm and I will follow you forever. Until one day at the perfect moment, I will strike and kill you. And I will feast on your entrails. I'm going to love now that if we're ever like, if we're ever like on an adventure, like if we're like at a crossroads or like somewhere that's just a random encounter, we'll just see a floating trowel just like floating across the, the road. It's like wearing a cloak. It has like an army of undead with it. Dude, he's on an epic quest to murder you now. You just created an enemy. Good. Alrighty then. I regret nothing. Alright, so you find yourself in a creepy cave with three exits. One to the north, one to the south, and one to the east. What do you do? Perception check. Yep, that's a 16. With a 16, you can tell. It appears that someone has recently been walking around here. There are footsteps here. Uh, I tell Neil, I'm just like, hey, someone's been here. Huh. Okay, this place is terrifying. What do we do about it? We fuck around and find out. Okay. You can see that the trail leads all over. There appears to be lines of blood leading both south and north, but not east. I am just going to head straight forward, so I'm going to head east. You both run east, and you hear through the walls as you are walking, someone in pain. Oh. Trowley? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna roll uh, perception right. see where the noise is coming from oh damn that's a 9 you can tell that someone is speaking and they are in pain and they are not in the hall you were in cool I'm probably just gonna keep walking I'm gonna just be like that reminds me of Trowley Neil listens and she gets a nat 20 and she's like there's people in there but I don't want to risk my, my life for other people but there's people in there. So if you want to go and check out that room, you can do that. If we get to the bottom of this, we'll all be saved. So let's keep pushing forward, yeah. Okay. Alrighty then. You head north and you see a large antechamber open up. In the antechamber is four entrances and a crossroads. The one you came in from the west, one north, one south, and one east. In the east is a door, a double-sided door locked shut and in the center of the room as three torches are lit and one is not is a giant ritual stone covered in ruins made of blood okay and a large sitting pyre with a intricate circle filled with various runes and incantation made of stone this entire piece 
What do you do? It is raised above the ground as if it is placed here. I'll roll Arcana, just to detect what the properties of the altar and what's it's used for. You have advantage. It looks familiar. Cool. Oh, well, thank you. With advantage, it's a 21. Okay, with a 21, you realize this is made by gnomes. What? This appears to be an archaic ancient version of a gnome construct maker. Huh. It is the device that gnomes use in order to make constructs faster. Normally, a construct takes a very long time to make at all the different kinds of constructs. Golems and even... Um, um, flesh golems made out of human skin and mimics and animated objects. They all can be made with this machine faster than normal. Uh, but I can it, make me a trolley. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you could make a new trolley, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this ritual can also be used to raise the dead. This stone. Oh, wow. If used with the right magic, can be used to raise the dead. It seems to have been altered with some kind of blood magic. To do other more horrible things such as the hearts and organs inside all the objects okay so i would assume that murden has probably worked with altars similar to this because he spent so much time tinkering and working with golems so murden's gonna like pull on his engineer goggles and he's gonna take a closer look just say mm-hmm mm-hmm okay investigation that is a 17. All right, with a 17, you can tell that it has been used fairly recently. And it, based on the etchings on it, it's been used hundreds of times to make everything that lives in this building. Okay. My next question is, would I be able to notice any, like, I notice that, like, with engineers and, like, programmers and stuff like that, they kind of have, like, their own language, their own code. So I was going to be like, is this a code that, or, like, a... You know, Looks an familiar. Old, yeah. It appears to be completely foreign, as if someone who knows nothing of the technology is using it. It's like a shabby craftsmanship. Yeah, it was like it was coded by Yandere Dev. It's just all if statements on one piece of code. Gotcha. Murden would just be like, Ugh. okay, we gotta destroy this thing. She said, uh, who's using it and what are they using it for? Well, whoever it was, it's someone who clearly doesn't understand how to use gnome technology. Can I start... Picking it apart with my tinker's tools? Yeah, sure. Okay, so if a proficiency, that's an 18. So I'm going to start uh, taking apart the altar, yeah. So this is how you do it. You walk up, the altar is covered in blood and ancient, like, pentagrams and shit. You just wipe off the pentagram goo that has, like, souls on it, and the souls, like, kind of fly off. And you just go up behind the altar, and you just put your finger in a small hole, and you pop it open... And you just rip off the stone piece, and you're like, yeah, that's the little hole that resets it. And you just pull it out. Try turning it off and on again. Yeah, you pull it out, and you see that, like, the crystals inside that power it are, like, all fucked up and in the wrong order. I'm just like, yeah. And it's like looking at a terribly made engine, and it's just, like, using, like, shitty parts. It has human hearts inside of it that are pumping blood through it. Murder is just going through, and he's like, no, come on, why would you... Why would you do that? Like, come on. Like, a beating heart, really? Come on. Have you ever tried using a fluctuating crystal? Like, come on. Yeah, there's a fucking human brain in there where there should just be a microprocessor. Yeah, he's like, no, come on. Just, like, <laughs> ripping it out. He's like, this is so stupid. There's ge there's gears made of human bone. Like, no. Ick yeah. city. He's like, not to yuck. He's like, not to yuck someone's yum, but this is terrible. This is terrible craftsmanship. Can you stop it? Can you reverse what it's done or destroy it? Or can you stop the storm? 
Uh, I say I'm going to dismantle it. I don't know if this will shut off the storm, but it could. This is a altar that's used to make the living creatures, living tools, golems, armor. I don't know if it can stop the storm, but I think it can stop whoever is behind all this from making any more trolleys. But maybe I do want to make another trolley. I don't know. She says, uh, she puts her hand on her sh- on your shoulder and she says, it's okay, man. He lived a, a long and happy life. And she's just shaking her head while you're not looking. She's like, this guy's a fucking idiot, rolling her eyes. Uh, yeah, so you, you managed to take it apart. It doesn't have that many parts that could be useful. It has one crystal in it that could be salvaged, but all the rest of it has been replaced with human parts, as if they couldn't find the parts, so they just started using necromancy and blood magic to fix it. And they fixed it badly. That's why everything has the guts and blood in it. That makes sense. And it appears that if they made things with this, they would need, like, organs in order to do it. Like, all that's what, all the blades are filled with actual human remains. I turn to Krill and I ask, have there been any disappearances lately in the area? I mean, there's always some, but there's a whole graveyard back there. Yeah, that is right. We did pass a graveyard earlier. They could, it could be using the parts from there. He could be taking people who wander into the storm. Cadavers and unfortunate victims hmm. this place is a fucking hellhole man i just i can't believe someone would do this and as she says this you hear a voice speak into your mind who dares intrude on my golem maker Murden the cannonball at your service you did some pretty shit work with that altar by by the way uh really poorly designed just mm, it just it's 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 cringe it's 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 like you built an altar and a tribute to cringe yeah it's like come on man i could build better than this and i wasn't even the fucking best <laughs> engineer in the academy come on yeah he was clearly a c plus average c's get degrees you hear the voice and he says i care not for your c pluses i am here to kill you I have made myself flesh of steel, the most apex of predators. And you hear metal clanging along the wall. Ooh, I'm excited. You're cruising for a bruising, pal. You see the most horrifying and intimidating presence. Ooh. A steel Ooh. predator. It is the one of the most powerful constructs in existence. Nice. It is a golem that has the body of a tiger and the mouth of a snake made of in of very powerful metals. And it has, you can see as you look at it, it has a metal plate on its head and it seems to be pulsating and you can hear a brain underneath its skull. So that's the boss. Yes, and you hear a giant roar. <laughs> Make a con save. 21. Okay, you managed to save. Oh my god, she rolled a nat one. Rip. In a 60-foot cone, the steel predators roar. Each creature in that area must make a DC 19 con save. On a failed save, the creature takes 5d10 thunder damage, drops everything it is holding, and is stunned for one minute. On a successful save, the character, no, the creature takes half damage. Uh-uh. The stunned creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the effect on itself for success. So you succeeded, so you're going to take half of that damage. 28 thunder damage halved because you passed it. Um, your friend takes 28 thunder damage and is stunned. She's laying in the corner, horribly wounded. 
almost unconscious. Hey, don't don't kill my bounty like that. Combat mode engaged. How how far is he from me? The steel predator. He is hanging on the wall, almost on the ceiling, uh, thirty feet from you. Dope. Okay. As a bonus action, I'm gonna throw my light hammer at him and see if it knocks him out, knocks him to the ground. Yeah, that's a that is a yeah, that's like a twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. That definitely hits. Roll your damage. Now this thing is just as strong as you. As you hit it with the hammer, you realize that you and this thing are almost perfectly matched. Ten bludgeoning damage. It it is not resistant or anything. It seems that you hit it in the head with a hammer and it is mad. It is your turn still. I'm going to action surge and I'm going to run up and attack four times. 25, a 20, a 23, a nat 20, and another nat 20. I got two nat 20s. Holy fuck, you're going to annihilate him in like two hits. Yes. I'm going to have to get my calculator. Okay, damage time. 69 bludgeoning damage total. Okay, so it was 11 damage, then 14 damage, then 28 damage, and then 16 damage. And the 16 is the lowest I could roll on a crit. Okay. 11, 14, 28, 16, to a total of 69 damage directly to the beast. How do you damage it? Explain your each hit. So with each strike, uh, I'm striking into its defenses because clearly it's a construct. Murden knows, has a good history of constructs. He knows their weak points. He knows where their joints are. He knows exactly where their weak points are, which is why he got multiple Granat 20s. So I'm basically like bashing in like certain parts of the Steel Predator that will disable its abilities. With the skill and cunning of a gnome who knows his shit, you start dismantling this thing like a fucking shitty engine. And you manage to, with all of those damaging hits, take one of its arms off by unscrewing it. Cool. You knock the bolt that holds its arm in place off, and its arm begins to move on the ground. Cool. It's the bad guy's turn. Cool. All right. Bite and claw. Rip and tear until it is done. It's got to be a 17. Okay. 8 plus 12. 8 plus 12 is a 20, not natural. 11 plus 12. That's 23. And 16 plus 12. And that is also a 28. And those all hit. Those all hit. Let's roll the damages here. This is where the beefy numbers come in. Here's that crunchy munchy D&D fun that we're missing from our other podcast. 13 plus 7. That is 20 on the first hit. I have resistance to non-magical damage. Non-magical bludgeoning slashing. Uh, the predator's weapons are magical. Okay. 16 damage. 7 plus 7, that is 14 damage. Plus 7, that is 13 more damage. Cool. I'm not even bloodied yet. And neither is he. It is your turn. I'm going to be like, come on, you're not even making me break a sweat. All right, roll your attacks. It is now climbing on the ceiling above you, and it is furious now that it is missing a hand. Uh, I am going to slam into it with my vortex. Ooh. That's a 18. Does that hit? Uh, no. Well, that one will then, so it's a 21. And I roll damage. Fuck, okay. I rolled uh, 8 damage total. Bonus action. Um, I can dash as a bonus action. I'm going to try and pick up uh, my light hammer that I threw at it. Okay. So let me describe what happens here. The steel predator, infuriated that you cut off its arm, climbs directly above you. 
You swing at it, but manage to miss on the first hit because you were aiming for its arm. You swing the second time and hit it in the head. You then roll across the room at full speed to go pick up your hammer. You pick up your hammer and you turn around to see the steel predator lunging at you in horrifying rage with its teeth out ready to strike. Can I have an improvised action? What? Roll into a ball. Curl into a ball. I'll allow it. Roll roll dexterity to see if you can do it fast enough. Okay, so yeah, I'll roll into a ball as, as a defense measure, as a reaction. And he will take four pierce damage. Okay. He lunges at you to bite you. Uh, roll a dexterity to see if you can go fast enough to not get bit in the face. Uh, my dex save was a 16. Okay. You manage to close up into a ball right as he chomps down on the outside of your armor. He strikes into your armor and hits. And misses and hits. He bites into your armor and then misses with his claw as he tries to push you, trying to grip onto the ball, and then he cuts on the other side. He is trying to cut you out and bite you out of that thing. That's 20 damage. Ouch. That's 21 damage for the round. It is your turn. He is clawing into you. I am bloodied. You are bloodied and so is he. Covered and dripping in blood, he slashes at you as you are rolled up in a ball trying to survive. What do you do? I guess the most I can do then is just make my three attacks. 27, 22, and bonus action. Nat 20. Roll your damage. Okay. Yes. Good hit. <sighs> okay. All right. And now for the crit. Cool. I deal 44 damage. So that's a 14, a 12, and then with uh, my bonus action to hit with uh, my light hammer, that is 18 damage. So I deal 44 damage total. You strike in with 44 damage. How do you hit him with each of your weapons? He's starting to get desperate. He's starting to focus less on strategy and more desperate tactics. So I'm like smashing the, the thing's face in. And then I was able to get a lucky uppercut with my light, light hammer. You smash his face in, hit your hammer upside his head like Rocky in a fist fight. He flies back with his face, spit comes out. As you hit him, the metal piece on his head slowly slides off and you can see his exposed brain pulsating Ooh. he turns to you and screeches in rage ready to try to deal a final bow he got a nat one Ooh, fumble chart. roll on the fumble chart nice 35 drop weapon so his arm falls off um he also got a nat 20 after that so let me roll the damage i love this idea where he tries to swipe but his arm falls off so he just bites me all right 15 times 2 is 30 damage. Yeah. Does that kill you? Nope. I am at, I am really close. I'm on my last legs. How much health do you have left? 27 out of, out of 160. So he is desperate to kill you, clawing against you, trying to get into the ball. You hit him a couple of times. You uppercut him. He flies back, spits, his brain exposed, filled with rage. He screeches at you and races towards you so fast that his arm rips off from the sheer pressure from him jumping. And his body shoots directly at you like a worm and bites straight into your neck. He's now latched onto you and you can feel his pulsing brain touching your face. Oh, God. As he breathes this horrible breath onto your neck while the spikes clash in through your armor into your neck. What do you do? This is for Trolley, you sick fuck. God damn it, I missed. Nat 20! I rolled a fucking Nat 20! I got one Nat 20. 
That's the only thing. Yeah. I like desperate. I was like desperately trying to like get him, but I couldn't. Then I just go, this is for trial. You sick fuck. I just smash him with the fucking nat 20. Roll your damage. Let's see if you kill him. Uh, I've rolled max. So let's see. Eight plus. That's 30 damage. You hit him and he flies back. You stab directly into his brain, severing his brain from his body. As you hit him, his brain flies out of his skull as it is hit back, and the body falls to the ground limp. Damn. The brain sits across the room next to the fire and stares at you. What do you do? Squash it. All right, walk up to it and make an attack roll. I'm going to stomp a brain out. Eleven. You strike at the brain, and as you try to step on it, you miss it with your step. The fire sits in front of you, burning hot. Yeah, I'm going to pick up the brain and throw it into the torch, or throw it into the fire. All right. Um, roll um, sleight of hand to not burn your hands. So I'm so glad I took proficiency in sleight of hand. Wow, roll a nat 19, so that's a 27. You slam dunk that skull, that brain, straight into the bowl of fire. Nice. What do you say as you hold him in the fire, burning him alive? This is for trolley, you pink melon. He burns, and you hear him scream to you as he dies. No! I was gonna live forever. They were gonna live forever. So, you burn him in fire. He screams out for help, wishing that one day he could have lived forever with all of his children. And as he dies... You hear a click, and the doors open to a room filled with treasure. I'm just looking at all that. I just like look at Neil, look at the treasure, look at Neil. I'm just like <laughs> gently, cal calmly close the door so Neil doesn't notice. I'll be back for you later. Thank God you said that because we can do this. We can do the campaign again if you want. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. You say, I'll be back for you later. And you walk out holding Creel because you know that it is right to get her as a bounty first. Yep. You ignore the man or whoever was crying for help in the other room as you leave the building. As you walk outside, having left the mansion, you see that the storm has ended. The world is back at peace and everything is right with the world. As you carry your friend off into the sunset, the camera slowly pans back to the mansion. As the door shakes, more horrifying monsters sit within its walls. And an old friend, Trowley, awakens to begin his never-ending quest to annihilate you. Yes. The end. Golf clap. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. <laughs> that was fun, man. Oh, yeah. I had a great time. It's good to have, like, one of these, like, chill sessions where it's like, we don't got to worry about much. We just got to yeah. have... It's about... That's the D&D &D of it all. It's just having having fun. I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. Um, let me end mine then, too. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you are listening, if this is released at any point. Um, this has been a Testers and Jesters episode. This week, a stormy night at the manor with our new friend, Murden the Cannonball. Join us next time for more D-on-D &D action. Holy fuck, it's two hours of audio. Thanks for listening. Bye.
there you go. That was Testers and Jesters. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to do a lot more of these. I think we've already recorded two other ones. Next week, the abridged version of this will come out, where I took all the audio from this and I cut out all the extra bits, and all you'll get is the actual story that happened today. It might be interesting to listen to, even if you've already heard this, because in a week you might forget most of this. It'll be a bonus episode, so it'll go right on the top of the entire feed of the podcast. If it's on YouTube, there will be a playlist at some point. In two weeks, a fortnight from now, the next episode will come out. It'll be a little different. I have another thing called Talking at No One, which is just me. So we'll see if that's any good. If you haven't already reviewed or subscribed to this podcast, I'd really appreciate it. It would help it grow. Currently, no one's watching it at all, but one day, maybe someone will. So if you are listening to this or watching it on YouTube and you had a good time and you somehow stayed this long... Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting us. If you want to support us some more, please review five stars if you can. doesn't have to be five stars. Any review is fine. I don't care. I'll read out five-star ones eventually. Subscribe to all the shit that you do on YouTube. But yeah, just tell somebody. Tell somebody about this weird D&D podcast where a guy abuses a shovel. Because it's weird. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.